Hey everyone, you're listening to So Many Sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Andrew. I'm Garrett. No matter where you might be listening to us today, I want to remind you all that our episodes are available online at soundcloud.com slash so many sequels pod. Go follow us there and leave a comment when you listen. Uh, we, we want to be able to talk back with you that way. Mm-hmm. And today on the show, we are talking about Hannibal. Yes! The second movie in the Hannibal Lecter series. This is also the first sequel. This takes place 10 years after the events of The Silence of the Lambs, the Academy Award winner for Best Picture, Actor, Actress, Best Adapted Screenplay, yada, 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 Director. Uh, this movie also came out 10 years later in February 2001, starring Anthony Hopkins returning to play Hannibal Lecter. But this time, Jodie Foster did not return to play Clarice. We're getting Julianne Moore. Also joining the cast is Ray Liotta, and in a mostly uncredited role, Gary Oldman. In this movie, um, Hannibal's more of the central bad guy. He's not really the the uh, antagonist of Silence of the Lambs, but he is more so this time around. Clarice is trying to track him down ten years later after he his escape in um, Silence of the Lambs. Um, his there's there's one surviving or one victim of Hannibal's that has survived all these years. Only one, Mason Varger played by Gary Oldman. Um, he's also trying to capture Hannibal. Mm-hmm. So it's like a it's like a race type of thing. Sure. Racing to catch the serial killer. So that's the basic plot. Um, <laughs> one word to describe Hannibal. Shitty. Ooh. <laughs> hot that's hot out the box. Hot out the box. That was very aggressive. Uh, that's my word. Okay, mine is boring. Mm, yeah, that's a good one. I if if I could do two words, it would be aggressively boring. Cause I it goes beyond boring. Sure, it's extremely boring to that's, me. That's fair. Maybe somebody out there loves it, and I'd love to hear why. Uh, okay. <laughs> so I wrote down a hot take before this movie even started. Okay. As well, not before the movie started, but as we were kind of setting up the stages of this movie, I really liked the idea of the surviving Lecter victim trying to hunt him down and get revenge. I think that is an interesting premise and idea. And I was like, this is what I said. I don't know where this movie is going, but I would like it to be the lone survivor of a Lecter attack hunting him down after he found out he escaped. That, I think, could provide an interesting dynamic. Two people you are supposed to hate pitted against one another, and Clarice is trying to find them both before they do something bad. That, I think, would have been a good movie. That is kind of what they did. That is what they failed at doing. <laughs> it it was Gary Oldman's character... What was his name? Mason Ver- Varger. Varger. He was trying to find Lecter, but then it got into this weird element of... He- Lecter was in Italy, and this random-ass Italian detective was hunting him down but wasn't doing a very good job and then kind of got wrapped into, I don't know. It was convoluted and confusing and I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. And, and most of the detectiving in Italy was just so boring. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's boring, flat out. And while I think the idea of a, of a lector survivor going after him is, is a good idea on paper, they ruined it almost immediately by making him also an unlikable figure. Yeah, I can't. Um, 
you can't get on the side of Mason Varger trying to to stop his uh, abuse attacker because Mason Varger is a child molester. Yeah, he's not a good guy. So well, you go. Quite frankly, I don't care. I don't care, and we don't want you to get your way. I want you both locked up forever. Well, and that's why I was saying that Clarice is the one that's got to be the good guy again, right? Because no, like you're not supposed to like Lecter. No, especially in this one because he is more of a obvious bad guy than he was in the uh, first one. Yeah, but the people he attacked were he was he, he didn't ever go after like innocent people. He went after bad people. I think Lecter did. And so neither one of them. I don't were know. Those two cops didn't do anything wrong in well, silence. Well, that's true. He ate them. But that was more. I don't think that was his normal mo. I think that was like a means to escape. But it, that's a good point. Um, we don't really know much about his victims. No. 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 But that's why I think that Clarice having to deal with both of them and like her relationship with Lecter, based on the first one, is one thing. But he has escaped, and he is a bad guy, and she's still trying to catch him, despite the fact that he's a bad guy. Varger hasn't really done anything. He's just doing stuff through other people. But, like, you know what he's doing. And so, like, having her having to navigate both of those and handle both of them, I think would have been a, an interesting way to do it yeah. if they could have done it right, and they didn't. How great would it have been? We could play the what-if game all day. But what if Mason Varger weren't a horrible person? What if he was a true victim of of Hannibal and decided to take a vigilante route? Mm-hmm. So he is coming from uh, uh, better intentions, I guess, of wanting to get revenge, but he's going about it in a vigilante way. So then um, Clarice is trying to catch Hannibal the law, the the lawful way, and then you have these two people where in a in a in a twisted world, you could root for both, the lawful way or the vengeful way, mm. and they're both coming and they have to race each other to Hannibal. I think that would have been cool. That Cooler been. than go than having a, a bad guy chase a bad guy. Yeah, or you could have had it where the fact that somebody survived a Lecter attack really messed with him because it made him seem smarter than Lecter, and so really Lecter's, messed with Lecter. Yeah, so oh. Lecter is trying to seek him out, and so Varger is like afraid and doing these things based out of like fear and self-preservation or something. I don't know. There's a lot of different routes they could have gone. Yeah, instead that they chose been... the worst one. Yeah, it was not good. or the most boring, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Story-wise, that's really the gist of it. I mean, that that's what we're going into here. So, how did you all feel about? We'll go character by character for for these three main ones, I think. Well, maybe four. Uh, Did Anthony Hopkins live up to his Academy Award-winning performance in Silence of the Lambs? I'm going to put two ideas out there. One that he did it well, or one that he may have overdone it. Uh, I don't... can Can I pick neither? Do you think he undersold it? I just didn't care. Like, I didn't care about him. This is probably... In the three movies that he's done, his worst portrayal of Lecter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think, and I don't necessarily think it was him. I think he was fine. I think the source material was just bad. Yeah, and this is kind of a this is more of a marketing critique and not really not really Anthony's problem. But we talked about at the end of Silence of the Lambs podcast, and we were looking forward to this one. The poster for Hannibal 
makes him look like a caricature of himself. I mean, he's got the red eyes that don't yeah. make sense. He just looks like a scary monster. Mm-hmm. And he is a scary monster, but not physically. Right. Physically, he looks like a normal guy. Mm-hmm. But they they made him in the poster look like a, a weird Frankenstein hybrid. Yeah. And I wonder if that may have been a, a directing choice as well, and it may have affected the performance. Because there are times where I feel like he's a little much. Yeah. But also times when I feel like... He's not really doing a lot. I feel like I can tell you this before you go on. He didn't win an Oscar this time, nor was he nominated. Yeah. Nor was he nominated. No, I just honestly throughout this whole movie, one of the things that we kept, that you kept alluding to was how boring it was. Mm-hmm. It's a boring movie. Mm-hmm. It's not scary at all, and. Yeah, and this is a horror film from Ridley Scott. This is should have been better. Now I want to get on that for just a second. Ridley Scott, Ridley Scott is one of my favorite directors. Yeah, I mean this guy did 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 uh did Blade Runner. He did Blade Runner. He did Alien. He did Blade Black Hawk Gladiator. Down. Now and Alien is terrifying. Alien is absolutely terrifying. But here's something else too. He did Hannibal in between Gladiator and Black Hawk Down. That makes you wonder, Was do you think this was just a paycheck movie? I'm going to say it was a paycheck movie. He was like, I, I could use another paycheck in between these two big movies. Yeah, because like this movie just... And also, uh, who it was written by? It was written by David Mamet, who's one of America's greatest uh, playwrights. Yeah, more more known as a playwright. More sure. known as a playwright. And it was co-written by Steven Zalian, who wrote Schindler's List. He won an Oscar for that movie. Mm-hmm. So you'd think with all these elements... With a top-notch cast, with a great director, with a with two scriptwriters at the helm, you think, man, this would be cinematic dynamite, and it was a complete fucking dud. <laughs> Number one. Number two. Hannibal. Uh, just this just doesn't add anything. Like it's it's very it's a very useless movie. I would say it's a useless movie because there's nothing. It's just like oh okay. What do I gain from this? Mm-hmm. We know that Hannibal Lecter is a terrifying, is a terrifying cannibal, serial killer cannibal who eats his victims. Mm-hmm. What more could you add to it? Right. So I don't, I don't get anything out of this movie other than, you know, he's, he's a maniacal, very clever, very smart person who eats people. How do we? How do y'all feel about Julianne Moore taking on the Clarice Starling role from Jodie Foster? <laughs> That was a thumbs down from Andrew. I, again, I don't. I just it don't care. It doesn't. Like, it doesn't add anything. It's whatever. I don't care. Jodie Foster. I, I get better, but like, yeah, I get why you say fine. I don't know. Everybody just did. It, it's just the definition of like just under fine, right? Like, and I, I get that, and I think that's a totally acceptable response. I just think it is important. Because this is a Oscar-winning role, yes. right? So it, it, it's it's coming from a, a place of high uh, critical acclaim, right? Right. And um, it's kind of weird that they that it was recast for whatever reasons may have come down, but it also leads uh, to an expectation that it would be just as good, mm-hmm. and it wasn't. And I think that's why it's more noticeable. Julianne Moore is a very capable, good actress. She's a good actress. Um, she didn't. She didn't become Clarice quite like Jody did in my right. in my opinion either, but it's not it's not a big deal. Right. I agree with that. Um again, and I've said this before, it alludes down to the chemistry. 
Yeah. It just wasn't there. Yeah, it wasn't there as strong. Were, Easy. There it was, wasn't as strong. I mean, I, I just didn't think there was any. Okay. Maybe okay. it's it just me. But, like, I didn't think there was any chemistry at all. And it just it didn't click like it did with Jodie Foster and... Anthony. Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. yeah. So... There ain't much you can do about that. I mean, they did they did their best to try to recast it. It's not Julianne's fault. It just they just didn't no. have the chemistry. Um, this article that I'm reading is I'm not gonna connect one and two because it doesn't do it. But she said no, um, and Joey. instead went on to direct her protege Claire Danes in Flora Plum, an Elephant Man type story about a girl who is adopted by a circus freak. A movie I've never heard of. I've never heard of that either. So. I do know that Jodie Foster is a director. That's what I just said. As well as an actor. No. But, yeah. I mean, that doesn't say that's why she said no to it, but that's what she did instead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The only thing I'll I'll give credit to this movie for, if anything at all, is the makeup team who did Mason Barger. Yeah, okay. Like, I wanted to talk about him next. Yeah, because Mason Varger uh, was... I mean, Mason Varger, had I had I known going into this that that was Gary Oldman, would not have guessed that was Gary until you see him in the flashbacks because the makeup on that is so incredibly good. And then there's something out there. There's like a picture of like the process of how how that all went down. Mm-hmm. And the makeup was just amazing. Mm-hmm. So, major props to the makeup people. So, Mason's character was uh, played by Gary Oldman in this movie. Uh, the role was actually originally offered to Christopher Reeve. Okay. Do you know that? I did not. Um, when what a choice. He hadn't read the, the novel, so he was interested at first, but he, uh, according to uh, the Wikipedia entry... Uh, he ultimately declined upon realizing that Varger was a quadriplegic, facially discovered uh, child rapist. Christopher Reeve decided, "I don't want to play that." Yeah, I don't and, they, blame him and there. That, there you go. Exactly, you don't Fair blame enough. him there. You don't blame him there. Now, what's interesting about when Gary Oldman came in was he, Gary Oldman is Gary Oldman, wanted top billing in the film, mm-hmm. and they said, "No, <laughs> this is this is a Hannibal movie. Top billing goes to." Clarice and, and Hannibal and Gary Oldman said well then I'm not doing it and so he was out of the movie for a while and he came back under the um, request that he be un- uncredited so when the movie was released he was uncredited and as I think you mentioned totally unrecognizable because of his face makeup he was a smart one because I wouldn't want to be associated with that either no no <laughs> It's a tough. It's a tough character to have to play. Well, I just meant the movie in general. Oh well, it's a bad yeah, movie. It is a bad movie. I don't, don't want bad, my name bad on that. Bad movie playing a real, real, real bad character. Yeah, I will say that of all of the people, I feel like he was the one that I was most not intrigued by. Maybe because he was the only one that was different and had something new to add. Yeah, but like. Again, you have a different Jody, and it's not as good. You have Hannibal, but he's not as good. So you have this new character who has a little bit of an d- interesting backstory. Right, he's got he's, layers. He's, he's got, got layers. more going on, and so I was more interested in him. Uh, that's still not to say that it's great, but 
I think of all of the characters, that was the one that I was like, all right, fine. A little, yeah. this one's above the fine line. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was, he was fine. His performance was fine. A lot of it, um, as you would expect if you haven't watched the movie, is um, uh, purely by his own vocal acting because he is wheelchair bound and his face is disfigured. But he does a good job with what he works has to work with. The last character, new character I want to talk about is just because of the, the status of the actor. It was Ray Liotta's character. <laughs> he was a... Uh, piece another, of another, shit. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah I mean, he was another he law enforcement... He was, was another Justice shit. Department official. He was a piece of shit. He was, he was, he, he was bad, and his, his character for me is where a lot of the bad writing shined through. He had a line towards the beginning, I think, that was something along the lines of, what are you trying to do? Catch a crook or read a book? <laughs> and I went, oh, that's 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 lazy. terrible. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's bad. That's bad. Because she, it was when uh, they were in like a lab or something and she startled him by being yeah. there and he was like, ah, ha, ha. He uh, basically kept the theme continuing from the first movie I wrote down of men just being garbage uh, to women in general. Uh-huh. Uh, he he was real shithead, especially to how he treated Clarice. Um, we find out later that he tried to have an affair with her. He's married and tried to hook up with her, and she was like, nah, man. And he, since then, has been trying to make her life seemingly a living hell. And I don't know, man. It just, <laughs> it, it just keeps going, that theme throughout the movie. I think, what was it, the... Um, FBI raid at the beginning where Clarice is kind of in charge and sees that this woman's got a baby going on her and the person they're going after is carrying a baby and like she's like we need to abort this this is not good and then the local police officer that she came in and like overthrew because she was higher authority was like oh I'm gonna go in anyway because I'm a man and then he fucked everything up and then she got in trouble for it and then right? Ray Liotta was like, "You're a woman." I, was, I, I don't know. The whole thing pissed me off. I didn't. That's what made me the most angry about this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of bad things about yeah, it. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, here's a question that, that I haven't posed to Andrew in a while. Maybe and it'll probably be hard for you, just because of how this movie was. What do you think was the theme that the director, that Ridley Scott, was trying to uh, uh, Give give us here. I don't think there is a theme to this so. movie. I think this is just a direct sequel to the novel, mm-hmm. and you know we have we have clear themes for the first one. You know, it's trying to find it's it's going to the very depths of hell to try to find what's to try to find what's aching at us the most in order to get to where we, we need to go. Mm-hmm. Here we don't have that. I mean, we just have. It's just a detective story. It is harder to identify. Yeah, it's harder to identify if there is one, because I just I just don't see it. You don't think? Uh, I, I also. Th- I'm sorry. I was gonna say you don't think there's a moral to the story here. No, I mean, <laughs> I I genuinely don't think that Ridley Scott is that type of a director. Mm, okay. Because given given his movies, I mean, I'm thinking like I'm thinking like you know we're talking about Alien. We're talking about um, what else has he done? Blade Runner. <laughs> the end. I mean, no, no. The Martian. The Martian. Re- more recently. Yeah, Blade Runner. Um, Black Hawk Down. Gladiator. Uh, White Squall. Uh, several other films that he's done don't really have a central theme, as they are just have like 
some have a good plot, others don't. Okay. And this is one of those don'ts. Okay. And, yeah, I don't think there is a theme to this. I can't. If there is, it's lost out there somewhere in, in Ray Leo's brain that he probably ate. Any favorite scenes? And I will extend favorite to mean uh, <laughs> memorable. Maybe you didn't like it, but maybe you remember it. <laughs> the only thing I remember of this movie was how bloody it was. Mm-hmm. And... and Probably the only memorable scene I can think of is when Ray Liotta ate his own brain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we talked about, I, yeah, I don't really have any scenes, but the violence overall is kind of a, a overarching theme of remembrance because we talked in the first one about how it wasn't overly violent, at least until the like jail escape. That was kind of the violent part. Yeah. Um, this one had a lot more violence. Yeah. Um, you get to see whether you liked it or not. Uh, um, Gary Oldman in the flashback cutting off his own face mm-hmm. and feeding it to dogs. Um, that was gross. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a scene in Italy where Lecter is... I think it's the detective. If it's not the detective, it's one of the henchmen. It's the of detective. Her. And he is got him strapped to like a stretcher or something, and he disembowels him and chunks him over the uh, uh, balcony and he's hung or hanged and then his guts spill out all over the floor. That was disgusting. Yeah, it was. And then, yeah, the scene where Ray Liotta eats his own brain. Um, Lecter has opened his head, cuts out the skull, or cuts out a piece of the brain, sautés it a little bit with some butter. And uh, feeds it to Ray Liotta. What about the pig scene? Oh, yeah, the pig scene. Can't too. believe neither of y'all mentioned the pig. Yeah. When they feed a man to the pigs. Three men. Man-eating pigs. Yeah. Three different men. What, my, I, I wasn't thinking when I, read, when I was reading stuff beforehand, or after the movie, and I saw man-eating pigs, and I kept trying to think, I don't remember a scene where there was a man who ate pigs. <laughs> what do they mean by man-eating pig? Oh, man-eating pig. <laughs> That's what they mean. I did yeah. think that it was... I did think that scene was kind of funny. And I don't think it was meant to be. No. And that's what's upsetting. No, the funny part... I thought the same about the eating the brain. That looked silly. We can, Yeah, because you and I have... To, I thought it was creepy, but... Yeah, I thought it looked terrible. Um, going to CGI. Going back to the man-eating pig thing, I thought it was funny because that was a scene where... Um, the two two henchmen tr- thought they had Lecter, and then they got out of it, and they got eaten by the pigs. Mm-hmm. And then Verger and his doctor show up, and Verger is telling his doctor to go down there and get him or something, and he's like, say what now? And Lecter just goes, you know, you can throw him in there. They're going to think it's going to be me anyway. And then he was like, oh, yeah. And so then he threw Verger in there, and Verger ended up getting eaten by the pigs. I, it was stupid. It made me laugh. Oh, I was like, come on. <laughs> That's dumb. That oh. is dumb, dumb, dumb. Yeah. I I totally forgot about that scene. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I did not like <laughs> I did not not like the brain eating scene. But I like I have a weird thing. Yeah, you like it when people eat their own body parts. No, I don't like it when people eat their own body parts. Or a wannabe at minimum. We get it. Listen, just because I've tried it, no. 
it, I just thought it was creepy. I thought that was the creepiest and most violent we've seen Lecter. And, like, you, it really, to me, showed what he is actually capable of. Like, if you look at that scene at what it is, he has orchestrated this entire thing. He thought about it from start to finish. He was able to get Joe, um, Clarice there. He was able to get Ray Liotta's character there. He knew everything that was going to happen, got everybody at that house, showed that he has the ability to be one of the most evil things that you can do is to perform surgery on someone who doesn't need it and then feed them their own brain. Like, to me, that is what really added another layer of how terrible he is. And I think that's why I liked that scene as much as I did. Yeah, it was silly. Looked silly. It didn't look great. But Uh, if you look at the whole thing, that's why I enjoyed it because it really gave another layer to Lecter. Yeah. Um, On the subject of the violence in this film... Uh, we've we've brought we you know he's one of the greatest. We like to talk about uh, Roger Ebert reviews. He's come up before. I just want to just a couple lines from his review of the movie that made me chuckle. Ridley Scott's Hannibal is a carnival geek show. We must give it credit for the courage of its depravity. If it proves nothing else, it proves that if a man cutting off his face and feeding it to his dogs doesn't get the NC-17 rating for violence, nothing ever will. And he gave the film a thumbs down. Wow. That's just interesting because, you know, um, with the rating systems, when you think of NC-17, you don't think of violence. Yeah. It's usually some kind of sexual thing that gets that rating. And he makes a good point that there does appear to be no limit to the amount of violence we can have to go beyond a rated R. Yeah. It just, it doesn't happen. Yeah. It's, 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 uh... It's weird how those rating systems work. Uh, we're to- we're work. totally cool with violence. Totally yeah. acceptable. Yeah. It, yeah, it's, I mean, it's weird that, like, you know, we're able to... Anyway, that's a whole other monster unto itself. Yeah. But... I mean, any other notes on this movie? I don't have any. I have a question. Okay. So the end of the movie. Yeah. The very end. Uh-huh. Hannibal's on a plane. Yeah. He's got his own food. Got it. Okay. Yep. This little boy. Little boy pops up. Yep. Talking mm-hmm. to him about the food. Yep. Tells him you can't see have what he has. Okay. Mm-hmm. Looks like a brain. Mm-hmm. Did he feed that little boy human brains? I mean, that's what we're supposed to think. Yeah, but did he? Do you think he would do that? Because that uh, that seems. Do to... I think he would? I oh, don't. Hell yeah. But I don't think that would be his character. No, nah, I do. He's he. he... You can't uh, uh, subscribe or give him humanity to Hannibal Lecter. He doesn't care. I don't think he has any humanity. He may not. I, I think he'd feed he'd feed a brain to a little boy. I do. I do. I don't think there's any redeeming qualities of the man. I think he just thinks there is. He yeah, thinks there is. That could be. Because yeah, that was the that was really the only thing that I had left is like, did he feed that little boy? Now the question is, is it brain? I mean, we're all we're all clearly assuming it is. Sure. Um, is it Ray Liotta's brain? If he brought his own lunch with him, as it seems to imply, then you would think that it is the the rest of Ray Liotta's brain. Yeah, he that is the most recent brain he ate. <laughs> and you know he did try to tell the boy no. He did. And it didn't take much convincing. Nah. But there we go. Yeah. What do you think? You didn't answer. Do you think he fed that kid a brain? Yes. 
I really don't know. All I could think of in that scene was, where is this kid's parents? Yeah. No kidding. They're on a plane. Why are they just letting their kid wander around talking to a stranger? It's not like, I say again, they're on an airplane. The kid can't have gotten far. Right. You think the, the parents would go, hey, get back here. I can see you. Don't ask that man for his food. And also, don't feed my when, kid. Don't feed my kid. When Has this kid never been told not to take food from strangers? I mean, come on. Come on. Lots of questions. Lots I, of questions. I don't, I don't have any I'll tell you what. That. Also, when I was a kid, if I had seen that plate, I'd go, ew, gross. I don't want any of that. I yeah. wouldn't ask for None it. None of it looked appetizing. Nah, especially for a kid. Kids no. want french fries and stuff. Yeah. I've been there. Yeah. All right. No, I got I got nothing to add to that. Well, we kind of talked about or Go ahead. Well, I, I was just saying like... He's just saying he doesn't have anything to say. I don't have anything to say. We kind of talked about it, and I, this is something that we could do. And we talk... Well, I'm sure we'll talk about it next week when we get into Red Dragon. Mm-hmm. But as we continue our journey into sequel dumb... Yep. Yeah, do we think that there's any reason that this was made other than there was a novel? Like, no, again, because I don't. if you if no, you really think about this no. timeline, you had a, a critically acclaimed movie at the time um, that won Oscars, made a lot of money, and then nothing. Like, again, were people wanting a Hannibal movie? I don't feel like there were, and I don't know how successful the novels themselves are, but I bet the general masses probably don't know that these are based on books see and And so i just don't i just don't see a reason why uh i didn't know that i for a second i did not know that hannibal was based on a novel they're all based on novels the reason why this one took so long to make is because this is how long it took to write the second book yeah like there wasn't another book for years after science of lambs came out mm -hmm. because that's what i wondered the same time of why did they make why did they wait ten or wait make ten? Ugh, why did they wait ten years? Well, it's because the, the author hadn't written a book yet, and they apparently wanted to do an adaptation rather than an original. So there's that. Well, I just, uh, I, I, I allude back to the uh, the first screenwriter of of uh, the Silence of the Lambs, Ted Talley. Uh-huh. Ted Talley uh-huh. was asked to rewrite the script for Hannibal. And Ted Talley refused. Did he look at it and go, "Oh, honey, no"? He actually, I can't do this. He actually said, "Like sequels don't do well, and I'm not going to do this one." Okay. He said that. Okay. He hey, said. I he mean, said a lot. A lot I'm, of times, sequels don't do well. I'm paraphrasing, but he said something to that tune. Okay. But yeah, he did not want to do it, and initially, Steven's Alien didn't want to do it, but he got talked into it. Hmm. So yeah. I mean, the development of it, the development of it was quite long because I don't think anyone was, I think everyone was just like, we don't know how to do this. So we're just going to pass it off to the next guy. Um, Oh, before we continue, I'm, I'm reading more about Clarice itself and then we can jump back. Sorry. Uh, You know that some of the people they looked at when Jodie Foster said she wasn't coming back to be Clarice were Kate Blanchett, Angelina Jolie. Gillian Anderson, Gillian Anderson, Hillary Swank, Ashley Judd, Helen Hunt, and Julianne Moore. So, those yeah, are that's a names. good. Uh, I mean, those are all very good, capable actresses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any of those you'd like to see instead? Hillary Swank. 
My, I'm a I'm a Julian Anderson fanboy all the way. I think she's such a good law enforcement agent. Like I mean, we've seen yeah. her be Scully. We saw those those two movies. That's true. She she's she'd be a great FBI agent as proven. I'm not a big fan of her in general, but I think in this um, franchise she could have worked. Uh, Jolie. Jolie. Yeah. Yeah, possibly. She's creepy. She can be creepy. She can be a law enforcement person, and I think <laughs> that she could have told her the line, and they could have done something different with Clarice, where maybe she did walk on the side of. Leaning more towards Hannibal sure. with, in this particular one. Who knows? I mean, I don't know. It mm. could have been an interesting take. My choice would be Hillary Swank. That woman can play anything. All right. Well, so I like that none of us picked Julianne more interesting. Interesting how that turned out. Sorry, Julianne. We loved <laughs> you in other roles. but Name one. The Lost World Jurassic Park. Oh, okay. Boogie, Boogie Nights. Okay. She was great in Boogie Nights. Okay, just stop. Um, to answer the question though about whether or not there was yes. a hunger for another Hannibal movie, that hunger it appears so as really? the movie was a box office success. Oh. It did it did break records in multiple countries. That's and is yeah. is the highest grossing Hannibal movie not adjusted for inflation. Really? Yeah. Now you adjust for inflation, Signs of the Lambs is the highest. Sure, but unadjusted. Yeah, and I do think that's truly because of the weight. Wow, that's a shame because we'll get it again. We'll get into and I think that's why when we get into the future, we'll see the next sequels don't make as much. Yeah, the hunger was gone probably because this this movie killed it. Yeah, that's a shame because Red Dragon's better. (laughs) Red Dragon was. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that later. (laughs) We'll talk about. I didn't say it was great. I thought it was better. It was. Yeah, 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 sure. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and talk about the box office then, since we are on that topic. It made a lot of money. Yeah, Hannibal came out February 9th, 2001. Oh, Valentine's Day movie. Not quite. Well, pretty close. I mean, Not quite. given that enough. the other one was released, it was, released Lambs, on Valentine's Day. it was released on Valentine's Day. Yeah, it became a theme, I guess, for these two. Uh, it debuted at number one with $58 million. Huge debut. Yeah. Other movies out that week in the top ten include The Wedding Planner, mm. Saving Silverman, yeah. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Oh yeah, Castaway, Ah, Save the Last Dance, yeah. Traffic, Okay, Valentine, Oh Brother Where Art Thou, yes. and Chocolat. Chocolat. Um. Overall, in the U.S., Hannibal went on to make one hundred and sixty-five million dollars. Worldwide, it pulled in $351 million, and that's on a production budget of just $87 million. Wow. Yep. That's an expensive film. That is a fairly expensive film, but like like I just said, they made a lot of their money back. Although most of it did come from overseas. Wow. Yep. Rendered speechless oh. by that. Yep. I still say that people need to watch a TV show. I'm going to say it in every podcast. Maybe they, maybe they never should have made any other movies and only made the TV show. Listen, if you haven't seen the TV show, that, in my honest opinion, is the best portrayal of Hannibal. It's it's so good and weird and creepy. Mads Mikkelsen is so good. I don't necessarily know if he's better than Anthony Hopkins in the first one, but he. It's so good. The guy that plays Will Graham is so good. It's dark. It's twi- it's it's. But listen, people talk about like the violence of Game of Thrones, and as a game, not a fan of Game of Thrones, 
I think the violence in this for a cable show is is ridiculous. There's a scene where a person was turned into a musical instrument. Yeah. And you see it. And this is an NBC show, folks. That's all I'm saying. That's some violence right there. Shit. <laughs> well, how do we want to rate the movie? Bad. <laughs> Easily one and a half out of five stars. I, too, went with one and a half. I will go much lower and just give it a half star because uh, on my ranking system, that's just a no. <laughs> okay. Just no. Don't. Wow. Yep. Don't waste your time. It's not worth it. You get nothing out of it, you don't need it. You're not wrong. Wow. You're not wrong. Okay. What do the critics think? I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna go 35. I think it's higher, but that's where I'd put it. I'm gonna uh, see. I was thinking like 45. I'm thinking 50. Oh, 38. With an audience score of 62. Whoa! Yeah. See, this is why I do not, not trust audience scores. They are bad. Bad takes. Bad, bad, bad takes. (laughs) 62%. That means, that means, how many, how many? 402,926. So out of 400,000 votes cast, 62% of them were positive. In one way, shape, or form. I think I think that means at least three out of five stars. I think. That's mm. nuts. The critics' yeah. consensus of this movie, which is the thing I think I'm going to start doing now. I like reading okay. the critics' consensus. Yep. It's usually good. While superbly acted and stylishly filmed, Hannibal lacks the character interaction between the two leads, which made the first movie so engrossing. I disagree he- with most of that. Whoa, Except, you think... Whoa, sorry, what? No, 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 I apologize. <laughs> I disagree with the superb part. Yeah, I don't think it was superbly acted, but I think no. they nailed it there. And I think Andrew nailed it earlier. There's no chemistry between the two leads this yeah. time around. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that wraps that up, I think. Yep. Short and sweet, there's no need to go on and on about a movie that none of us liked. So <laughs> let's just wrap <laughs> this up early. We'll be back next week with Red Dragon, which is a prequel I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why. <laughs> they just are all over the place with the timeline of this. It's based on uh, a book that came out before Signs of the Lambs. It's an old book. It wasn't a new book, but they decided to remake it because Red Dragon was already made when they made Manhunter. Yeah. They already did one adaptation. Now they got another adaptation. <laughs> Weird choices all around. So we are going to do that. David's Next gonna be week. here for that one. David will be here for that. Uh, hey. You may remember David from our uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade episode. He's going to join us again for Red Dragon last week, as we said. We would love to hear your thoughts about Hannibal, though, and you can leave them, leave your comments at soundcloud.com slash so many sequels pod on this episode or at facebook.com slash so many sequels pod. We're also available on Instagram and Twitter if you'd like to follow us there. Until next time. Try not to lobotomize yourself after watching this movie. (laughs) If you do, don't eat it.